Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. isn't he? How many are happy you're a child of the living God? Say amen. amen. I hope that you are because you don't want to be a child of the gods of this world. You don't want to be a child of the enemy, child of the devil. As Jesus talked about in the book of, uh, was it John or Matthew chapter 8 verse 44 along about there. And so we need to recognize that God is God Almighty and he is our Lord today and we are here to serve him. How many brought your Bible with you today as we get ready to get into the word today? Hope you did. Let's make our confession as we go before the Lord. Everybody say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am, I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God, and I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. That sounds great. That sounds good. God bless you. You're in the house of the Lord to worship him today. That's what that's telling me. Turn to the book of uh, 1 John chapter 5. And uh, I'm going to share some things with you today and uh, concerning what I've been talking about, uh, concerning the gods and guarding against false gods. And uh, John talked to us about this, the, the disciple of the Lord. He spoke to us about this in 1 John chapter 5 and verses 18 through 21 that I've been using for a text for this series. In verse 18... The Bible says, we know that whosoever is born of God sins not or does not practice sin, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and the wicked one touches him not. How many can that be your uh, faith confession today? Somebody say amen. amen. The devil's not going to touch us. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. The whole world lies in wickedness. For the third time... The whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we might know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. If you read that out of the God's Word translation, it says, Dear children, guard yourself from false gods. On the graphic I have, it's a, basically an old woodcut graphic that you're looking at. And uh, there you can see a group of people with some, uh, look like maybe trumpets or that kind of things that they're blowing. Uh, you see a representative of the people we would call a priest who is there. And you see a child in the priest's arms. And you see him standing before uh, this image that they have erected that is there. And this uh, golden image or bronze image in this case that is there, uh, recognized as the false god Baal. And as they are worshiping him and giving their allegiance to him, and now they're making a child sacrifice unto Baal. When we look at that, we think about that they are the images of, of gods, those kind of things. And 
you know, there are idols, and you say, well, I don't have any of those. We talked about the first week about what things could be idols in our lives and how they might not look just like that graphic I have there. Truly, we can have idols that are in our lives, different things that we're doing, different things that we love, different things that we possess, some things that possess us, have become small-letter gods or false gods or idols in our lives. We have been talking about that and how to overcome them and how to win against them. And so we talked about, the last time we were together, about how that Jesus came. And when he came to this earth, we find him left and right casting out devils just, just all over, uh, you know, the world where he was at in his known time in Israel. And he would go into the church. There would be devils. He would go on the street. There would be devils. Um, devils and demons everywhere, and he's casting them out. And in fact, he gives that power to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, when it said that he called together him disciples, and he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. And so he started them out casting out devils. And then he talked about the 70 that he sent forth to preach the gospel. They come back saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us under our name. He said it in the book of Mark, chapter 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, when he talked about going all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And so Jesus was what the world would call today, I guess, maybe an exorcist, but he was an exorcist, exorcist par excellence, uh, like the world has never seen. And so he came to this earth because the earth had been taken over by the false gods that were in the earth for the last 4,000 years before Jesus Christ got here. And from the time of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, the devil began to take over this world so that we read the scriptures and we saw that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 where it tells us that the God of this world, the God of this world had blinded the eyes of the people. We found out that Jesus talked about that in, in his ministry that he has nothing to do with the God of this world. He said the God of this world has come. And when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, we learned that the devil said to him, he took him to a high mountain and said, these are all my kingdoms and I'll give them to you. They have been delivered unto me, he said. And so this world, not through God's divine act, but through the free will of men and women had been delivered over into the control of Satan. And when Jesus comes, they don't even recognize him as Messiah. They don't know who he is. When he comes and he preaches the gospel, they reject it. All these things that we would first start. But something powerful happens when he commits that gospel unto his 12 disciples and commits it to all the disciples that follow him. And the church is empowered on the day of Pentecost. They begin to preach the gospel. And they preach it and they preach it through much persecution. And they preach it and they preach it and they preach it. Until you get around 300 years after Christ, almost 400 years after Christ, you get to that time and you find out that you hear something that's being said. The gods, we learn quoted this historical quote that I gave you last week as well. They talked about that when the emperor had come to the god Apollo and was wanting to hear something from the oracle. The oracle is the person that stands in front of the god and says, this is what the god is saying. And the oracle says, I'm not getting anything anymore. I'm not hearing anything. And it, it is said that uh, the Roman emperor, emperor recorded that, that the god Apollo said to him that he was in this cavern and he no longer could speak because righteous men had driven him out and had silenced his voice. And so what happened is when the 
gospel was preached and became powerful in the earth, almost half of the whole Roman Empire was saved uh, of the world that we knew about in that day. They changed the coinage, uh, taking off the heathen and putting on godly things on it. Insta uh, the emperor Constantine himself declared a day of worship, in which we worship on Sundays, de declared a day of worship for Christianity, all of those kind of things. So the world literally changed at the time. The gospel will drive out the gods and the devils that are in our civilization, that are in our towns, in our nations, that are in our very lives itself. The gospel will break away all the craziness. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's what we need in our life. Nothing else won't do it. Nothing else won't do it. Education won't do it. Uh, just having a, a little sermonette with, you know, three points and a poem and we all go home. It won't do it. It has to be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so as we put our faith and trust in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it brings deliverance. It brings freedom. But, but what had happened, Jesus also made a prophecy. And turn with me there, Matthew chapter 12, and let's learn from there. Get right there and you'll see what is going on and what's happening now and the craziness and the, I don't know, all the things that are happening in our world that we are in today, it is just nuts and uh, ridiculous. Some of the things that are happening, some things are going on. But Jesus gave this story, and he told us about what happens when demonic spirits uh, come in and go out and lead people. And I've read it many times, but there's one line on there which I have never emphasized before until now the Lord brought the revelation to me. But in Matthew 12, verse 43, here's what Jesus says. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, you understand you are spirit, soul, and body. Inside of this body, there is a spirit and soul. It, it's eternal before God. The body will die and go back to the earth, which gave it, so to speak, uh, from the earth. But the spirit and soul were from God. And that spirit and soul will never die. It will live somewhere throughout all eternity. And so you are capable of housing your spirit and soul. But you also have the capabilities of handling more than just you. You can let other spirits into your life, into this body that you have, and those spirits can take you over, oppress you, and indeed possess your life and control your life. And Jesus is talking about those when he says, this unclean spirit, when he's gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and he finds none. A demonic spirit, by definition, is a disembodied spirit. The spirit that one time had a body that no longer has a body, and now he can't express himself unless he's in a body. And so the demonic spirit wants to give expression to who he is and how he lives inside of human beings. If he's a lying spirit and he comes into your life, you'll lie like you never would have thought you ever would. If he's a deceptive spirit, you'll bring deception. If he's an evil spirit, he'll bring evil in your life. And indeed, here is an unclean spirit. He says when that spirit is gone out of man, he walks to dry places. He looks for rest, but he doesn't find. They're not happy. They're not content. They're not at a place where they need, think they need to be unless they're in a body. So then, he says, I will return to my house from whence I came out. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Notice it. Empty, swept, and garnished. Empty, swept, and garnished. When we deliver ourselves and we have the freedom in Christ that Christ gives us, and we are freed from the power of sin and death, and freed from the power of evil and wickedness, we must fill ourselves with the things of God. And if not, we are an empty, swept, and garnished vessel just waiting for something to fill us. All of Americans, all of the people around the world, they will worship something. They will worship something. 
There is something in the hearts and lives of men that calls out to worship something. A lot of people get it wrong and worship the wrong thing because these spirits out there just wanting to get in and manifest themselves in them. The Bible said, and Paul talked to us about this when he talked about the Lord's Supper. He said, don't have fellowship with devils. Amen. And you can have fellowship with devils a lot of the ways like you have fellowship with God. You, you can come into this church. We can raise our hands and worship and praise the Lord and fellowship with the Father God. But you also can leave this church, and I would hope you wouldn't have to leave this church, but would leave this church and go somewhere else in our world system, and you can fellowship with devils and demons. It, it is a strange, strange, strange thing. You, you can have that kind of a relationship. I've told the story before. One of the, the biggest accounts I had back when I was playing music many, many years ago and uh, as a teenager, we played this song by Santana, and it was called Black Magic Woman. And it was a song where I did the lead on it for, for that particular song. And uh, I remember doing it one night. We were in a club somewhere, and they had the lead singer there, and he was doing his part, and it backed up, and it went into that lead. There's a lot of lead in that song. And as I was doing it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden while I'm playing, I hit licks that I've never hit before. I did things I had never done before. It was so shocking that when I did that, I, I knew what was going on, but then the lead singer turned around and looked at me. He said, man, what come over here? I said, I don't know. I was a sinner, but something had come over me. And something had to come, you know, I had some kind of fellowship with a, that kind of devil at that time for, for that to happen. And, and, and there's other things like that in our lives where you can see you do things. You hear people sometimes when they commit these horrible murders. I don't know why. Something just came over me. And I did this and I did that. Devils and demons are very, very real. And they seek a place of inhabitation so they can express who they are. It's always wicked. It's always evil. It's always no good. In verse 45, Jesus says, when these spirits come back that have been cast out, they come back, he goeth, then goeth he and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. In other words, there's degeneration that happens in society. When society becomes free from a certain thing, yet allows society to become re-inhabited by whatever evil wicked is there, and they do that cycle after cycle after cycle, it gets worse, 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 and worse, and worse. And that's what we're seeing in America right now. We are in the pits in America right now. I mean, our world has really, really went down. It's, it's unbelievable. What is, and the craziness that is in our world. The ungodliness that's out there. As I begin to look at this over the last number of years, but certainly seeing it explode, uh, really, I guess since 2015, but seeing it just explode in our society and all these things begin to, to happen. You look at it, what is in their mind? What are these people? Are these people absolutely nuts? Do they do not have a brain anymore? Is something going on out there? And, and a lot of things are, are, are like that. In fact, I was praying in my study. Uh, in fact, it was two weeks ago. Now it was. In fact, it was on Saturday. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. On Saturday, on November the 12th. I wrote it down. I'm praying and about these things. What is going on in our world? What is happening? Oh, God. And I'm walking in my study, and as I do, I've got, you know, I've got multiplied thousands of books all around me when I'm right there. And so I'm walking in my study, and, and I, for some strange reason, I walk over to one shelf that I've got, and it's what I call my historic section. I've got about six shelves are there, and from the second shelf from the bottom, which I've got to lean down and go down to get, and the second shelf, I've got about 90-something books that are there that are real small like this. And they were written by a man by the name of W.V. Grant, 
who wrote back in the 40s and the 50s and 60s. And he wrote over 700 little books like this. And for a while, he was in Guinness World Book of Records of having written more books than anybody else ever in, in history. And, and, and so I have about 80 or 90 of those books that he has written there of the 700 that he did. And so I have about 80 or 90 of them that are there. They're all antique. They're all classic. They're all that kind of thing. And uh, uh, this one was done in the 40s, uh, late 40s. And when I uh, was there, for some strange reason, I don't know why, but I reached down, and of 80 books are this thin, I can't see the front, and all I can see is the edge. I reach down and I pull this book out. And then I pull this book out, and, and I open to one page. It, this stuff happens. It's incredible. I open to one page while I'm praying about what's going, what's, what's happening, the craziness, the things that's going on in America, and I look right down in my eyes see these words. And he saw, saw, as Grant was talking about his prayer time, his vision, he said, I saw a road leading toward heaven. As I walked, an angel appeared and told me that Jesus is concerned about America. Exactly what I'm praying about. The people have turned their backs on God. Exactly what I'm praying about. I was shown the hippies, and he's talking now in 50s language, okay? I saw the hippies, the homosexuals, dope pushers, saloon keepers. I saw the beer, wine, whiskey, dope, and free love standing against God and right. I said, well, God, that's sort of about what I'm seeing right now. He says then, and as he looked into his vision, I left my body and entered into heaven, and Jesus sat on a throne of power, and he beckoned for me to come with him, and he showed me how this earth is being covered with demon power. More and more as we near the end of time. I continue reading. I see that he said, I was shown a demon oh my, with an empty head and no brains. He didn't need brains as he was using the brains of millions of Americans. Thousands of demons from the pit are causing men to become reprobates. People are eating and drinking of the sinful things. We must put on the whole armor of God. If you're already able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I looked, I said, God, you've got to hear me when I pray. You've got to be in my house. You've got to leave. You, I mean, that's just amazing that you could show me that and let me know that I was uh, looking at what I'm preaching and teaching, preparing for, and go right there, and right there it is. And God's confirming word, devil possession, mass devil possession has taken place in America, indeed all over the world. Some of it's easy to see. Some of it's a little more difficult. But it's worse than it's ever been. Look in verse 45. He goes with him. He takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. In other words, it doesn't get any better. The last is worse than the first. Last worse than the first. The first foray into sin and ungodliness and wickedness is bad. But, but, it, but if you leave that and try to turn over a new leaf or straighten up your life or even make some type of commitment to God, and yet you allow the devil back in your life, the second state is worse than the first. Worse than the first. I saw that and I said, look at the rest of the verse, verse 45. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation now I've moved from a man who had a devil leave him and come back in to a generation and that's what we're seeing right now in America a mass generation of people that are being overtaken by the devil 
And it's worse than it's ever been. I mean, I haven't lived too long in my life. But you know what? I've lived long enough to know that things are bad now than they were last year, last year, last year, last year, last decade, last decade, last decade, last decade. All the way back, I can go back to 55, and I'll tell you what, I've never been things this bad. It's a terrible thing and a terrible place that America has fallen into in the days that we're in right now. Right now. And so when I was thinking about that, the Lord just, you know, jogged my memory, and I went to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20. For it says this, if they, after they have escaped the pollutants of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein after they escape and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than at the beginning. Two places now. Peter talks about it. Jesus talks about it. It gets worse, not better, they're saying. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul said this, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Why is it that even our churches nowadays, many of them have gotten so ungodly, you, you don't want to mention their name, you're such a, a shame because you know they've been great and wonderful and powerful churches in days gone by. And you don't want to disparage anything about them and their work of the past. But yet now, it's hard not to because they've been so overtaken by the power of hell and ungodliness. And they're bringing it right into the church. Unbelievable. Unreal the things that are happening in America this day. Paul had it right. Peter had it right. Jesus had it right. It not gets better. It gets worse. And finally, John, the disciple, said in the book of Revelation chapter 9, at the end of time, not there yet. But at the end of times in the tribulation period, he said this, The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, wool. Neither of those things can not see or not hear. This is a dumb spirit, so to speak, to just look at it. It's just a brazen thing that man had made with their hands. But in that idol, the demons and devil himself, the spirits of unwickedness and godliness, they have infiltrated that idol itself to make men and women come into that idol to worship that idol. And whatever you worship, you will become. Whatever you bow your knee to, whatever you consistently give yourself to, in mind or in thought, in action and deed, it will begin to be who you are. It is unescapable, but it's just the way that we work. I've got just a couple of videos I want to show you. Then I'm going to get back into some other things. But uh, I've got one. You say, well, how nuts is the world today? How, how crazy are we today? My, my Lord, help us. The, the first one, uh, oh, my. Now just show it. Just show, show. Can you put the overhead, just the, the first one, first one only? You see this fellow here? A man in Norway is sparking backlash after being sympathetically profiled on television for his trans disability. When you thought people were, you know, gay or not, well, that's something. But then when they begin to go trans and they begin to go from uh, one sex to another or claim that they were, this guy says he's not disabled, but he's trans disabled. And lives his life that way. My, my, I've met folks that are disabled and I, my, I know they don't want to be that way. I've never met a disabled person that wanted to be disabled. And we have sympathy and pity and faith and courage that we want to inspire people like that, that God can move and God can minister for them and God loves and cares. Ain't no way doing something like this. 
But why is it a man would cut off his... Notice what he's wearing too, but anyway. Why is it a man would cut off his life and his world to do this nonstop, day and night, all the time? Say, well, that's just one. It is. It is just one. And there's about 7 billion plus of us on planet Earth. And so there's a few more than him. Everybody ain't going nuts. But you know what? Here's one that has. And there are many, 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 many others doing the same thing. On the next one I've got, here's a guy. Look at it. Watch it real quick when the clip comes on. Watch him. Watch him. Watch him. To the left. Watch. Here it comes. Here it comes. Look. 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 See him? He says he's a dog. Who are you to tell him he's not a dog? The man, play it again. The man says he's a dog. And he lives his life as a dog. He eats dog food. Messes on the streets. I mean, look at, you know. Is that unreal? It's the world that we live in. I'll tell you something, folks. Thank God for, you know, we got problems. But thank God for Lawrence, South Carolina. We don't have, you know, quite as many crazy people around here. We got some. We got some. This next one is about 18 seconds here. And right here, this is a person who has just won the Miss America contest in New Hampshire. The Miss America contest in New Hampshire. All right. Who is it going to be? If you don't know, that was a man. A man has now won the Miss America contest of New Hampshire that goes to the national. She may, or he may, win that. I mean, you know, they can take away our, They're getting to this place. They're passing a law this week in the Senate and in the House that has to do with a person's sexual things and if they say they are a man or a woman or a woman or a man and they are married, you better agree with them. And if you don't, federal law, federal law now, federal law, you'll be, they're, they're, what they call it, they're codifying it. And, well, that's the thing on abortion. You're trying to codify it. In other words, put what the Supreme Court has said can happen to now put it into law of what can happen. And so we are a 5013C Nonprofit organization. What that means is that when you give your tithe and offering to the church, that at the end of the year we will issue a receipt for your giving. You may take that receipt based on the goodness and the laws, great laws of America in days gone by, and you may go and take that receipt, and, and there you can get a tax deduction for your giving. Now, with the last tax cuts we had and a lot of things that went on there, how great that was, most people don't have to itemize deductions anymore. You may be, very few of us would, but you may be in a bracket where you would and that would benefit you. But let me tell you something. We're fast coming to the day that if you and I do not accept transgender people as whatever it is they say they are and not ever let them do whatever it is they say they want to do, that we can lose our tax-exempt status. I hope that you and I are giving because we're giving to God and to His church and not because we're getting a deduction. Somebody say amen. amen. Now the deduction is good. Let's go ahead and get it. Okay? As long as we can. Let's go ahead and get it. But that's not the sole reason for our giving. But that's where we're at. And so, and now, I, I found this good preacher guy. I hope that we got the video of him uh, up here as well. I know they said they got the audio. Maybe they got everything. And uh, this is a good brother from North Carolina. 
And uh, he, he's sort of just laying it down. Here he goes. Now, here's what the Lagoon Spirit does. Let me make it clear. This is definitely a demonic Lagoon Spirit if a man believes he can become a woman. I'm saying that because that is the cultural norm today, and Christians are sitting back accepting this perverted foolishness. And I'm like, where's the outcry of the saints? We can pick it for black lives that matter. But what about Christ and his holiness? How, how is it that we can take up the mantle of cultural things, but when it comes to the holy thing, we sit back like we're scared? I'm like, wait a minute. Are you more black than Christian? Are you more white than Christian? I mean, I said that before because for some people, that's the truth that they deny. Why do I see Christians standing up for Jesus? Individuals are literally trying to destroy the image of God. What would they say? You can become whatever you want to be. Oh, you can choose your gender. So now you took like 6,000 years of biology, and biology doesn't make sense anymore. You have to get rid of truth and accept a lie. The truth is X, Y, X, X chromosome. That's it. Nothing else. You can put it in a box of fruit loops and still come out the same thing. Doesn't matter the flavor of the rainbow you wore. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can feel like a chicken or feel like a duck. You're still X, X, or X, Y. Amen. Here's the delusion. Our family members come. And we love them. But they want us to accept their baby immorality. So here's what they're telling you. Choose me or choose God. Oh, you didn't know. That's how Satan comes. And then because you love them more than you love God, you give in. Oh, that's that deluding spirit. It's that deluding spirit. Amen. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. He said it better than I can. But that's the world that we're living in. We're living in this world that has literally become under the delusion of Satan. They have bought the lie. They have bought the deceptiveness of things in the earth. And when we see that and recognize that that's going on in the earth today, you and I have to make a stand against it. We cannot allow ourselves... And now allow to be taken over by the devil and by demonic spirits. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. All right. Now look with me. Look with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Notice what the scripture says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It is not flesh and blood that is against us or we are against them. There's a higher level than just flesh or blood. Notice it here. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We must be equipped with the entire total armor of God. And if you don't, if you have a chink in your armor, if you allow that armor to fall off of you, if you give the devil a place in your life, he'll take advantage of that place in your life. He'll rush into where you are and take over your life. He starts with our thinking. He starts with what we see. He starts with what we hear. All those things happen in the earth in the day, and that's what's happening. That's how America has got to where it is today. Now, turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me show you something. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 
Paul warned us, stay strong. Everybody say, stay strong. Stay strong. Don't become weak. Don't become weak. Stay strong. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 3, notice what the scripture says. Let no man deceive you. A pastor friend said that a delusion that is in America. Let no man deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. The day that the Lord comes and sets up his kingdom on this earth. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now primarily he's talking about the tribulation period for sure. But there are the pre of this that we see. The prerequisites of this we even see today. That before sin can come in, there's got to be a falling away. In other words, the church of the living God stands responsible for so much of the sin, the hell, and the rot that is abated in America in the day we live in. You can lay it at the doors of the The world doesn't know any better to do than what it does. Unless the church stands up against sin and unrighteous ungodliness. And we as a church of the living God must stand up. We cannot allow these things to continue in our world. We cannot embrace them. And, and, and many folks do that. They, churches, they do. They embrace the wrong. They, they embrace the sin. And, you know, it started out many years ago. We had this thing called the seeker-sensitive uh, churches where they said, okay, in church, some people come in, they're uncomfortable. And they're uncomfortable with our singing. They're uncomfortable with our preaching. They're uncomfortable with our worship. They're uncomfortable with where we sit. They're uncomfortable how we do things. So we're going to stop doing this, this, and the other. And we, we cut everything down. And we cut our sermons down to, you know, 11 minutes. And we don't want to give much of the word at all if we give anything. We really don't want to give anything. But if we do, we have to. Maybe we'll quote one scripture, and that's it. And not much of the word at all. And, uh, you know, we're not going to ask people to become expressive in their worship. We're not going to ask people to respond to altar calls. We're not going to do any of those kind of things. We don't do anything that would offend people because we want them to come. Did you know that the gospel is an offense to the heart of mankind? It is. The gospel is in the fence. Jesus said, you know, I came and you know what's going to happen? You're going to pit mother and father against children, children against mother. It's going to happen. The gospel is going to have that kind of offensive effect on people. It is abrasive. It does not back up. It does not stop. It does not bend. It does not bow. It stands strong. It is the truth of Almighty God. It is an absolute to which in our day we have very few of them in our world, so to speak. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can live whatever way you want to live. You know, all of that probably is true for, for, for some part of that maybe that you can do. But you know what? The people that have good, just ordinary common sense and right understanding don't have to believe all the things that people say they are and the people they say they do. Right. Uh, the young guy that thinks he's a dog, he can think he's a dog all day long. I'm not putting him on a leash. Amen. Not letting him in my house either. You know what? The man thinks he's a dog. Let him straighten that back right. I mean, you know, or I can accommodate him, accommodate him. Uh, this precious boy here that says he's a girl and wins this uh, thing. I mean, it's just incredible. I read just yesterday where there was this sports guy, and uh, he was in track and field. And uh, he was number 72 in the men's uh, group at, at, at the uh, high school where he attended. 72 down. That's how bad of a you know, sports person he was. 72 down. Well, he turned trans, went into the girls, and, and wins everything now. Now, you know that's not right. You, you know that's just foolishness. It's perverted foolishness. And Americans have bought it. And some of the church has bought it. 
And you and I have to be very, very careful in our day because this falling away says it doesn't happen. What's the falling away? Well, you're there and you fall away. I mean, you, you can't fall away unless you've been there. So you're there and you start falling away. And so you start seeing now preachers, teachers, and churches and people like that not being salt and light in this world like they're supposed to be, but falling away and embracing some of those things. You can find just anything in America you want to find right, right now. It's, it's, it's unreal, incredible. You're there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Notice verse 6, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. And you know, the Greek in this is a little hard for people to understand sometimes, uh, even translated into English. But basically, verse 6 is, And you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. In other words, there's coming a revelation of Antichrist is what he's saying. But there's something that's holding him back. Something holding him back from being revealed. Verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. In other words, there's something the Greek word there is restrained. The person that's restraining right now, as long as that restrainer is there, evil can't be revealed. And the thing that is restraining, keeping wickedness away, notice verse 8. Then shall the wicked be revealed. The wicked's not revealed as long as the restrainer is there. And as long as the church has stood strong and preached the gospel, uh, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, and stood against the sins uh, of our nation and of our world around, then we kept evil at bay. Not, not that you converted every lost person, but you kept them in line with some of the laws of our world where we sort of live peacefully with one another. But when the restrainer, the church itself, here, and this is a prophecy that he's given in 2 Thessalonians, when the restrainer is taken out of the way, speaking of tribulation period, when the church is taken out of the way, then all hell literally breaks loose on this earth and we go through seven years of tribulation where all manner of wickedness and evil takes place on the earth. It doesn't happen, though, until the church has got out. The church has been holding something back. The church has been restraining. Well, maybe not the rapture of the church, but there's some churches who no longer restrain. And they no longer preach a word against the sins and ungodliness and wickedness of our world under the guise of being tolerant, kind, and understanding. One of the most tolerant, kind, and understanding things you can do to tell that guy that thinks he's a dog is to tell him, you ain't a dog, get up and walk on your feet like a man. Amen. That's intelligence. That's kindness. That's good to him. That's not, you know... All these other things that they're thinking about. We will accommodate somebody to do things. We're going to have dog walks and people walks now in our cities. You know, incredible things that are happening and taking place now. Look at verse 11. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Notice this. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. There are people that believe some of this wickedness so strongly that you just can't talk them out of it. They are strongly deleted. What's wrong with you, Pastor Bible? Don't you understand that we can love whoever we want to love? We can be whoever we want to be. It's not up to you to tell us who we are and why. No, no, no. But I love my preacher friend and what he said. It's those X, Y, and XX chromosomes that tell you what you are. I mean, it'll tell you you're a man or tell you you're a woman. If you're against that, you're against your creed of whatever you've been following of follow the science. Why don't you follow that science? Follow that science. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a wicked world that we live in. Notice what happens when people get strong delusion. They believe a lie. And live it. Believe it and live it. That they all might be damned. They are damned believing this lie. Who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. They do not believe the truth. They are joyful in unrighteousness. How did it get that way? Strong delusion. 
devil took over their mind and talked to them and talked to them and talked to them and said to them and said to them and said to them to finally they believed it and finally they began to act it out. And they're controlled by the devil. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29 too. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. When Satan himself is in our uh, communities, in our nation, our cities, our lives, when, when he rules, we are living a mournful, mournful life. Now, let me, let me take us a little bit in a different direction. About America and where we are at in America. In 1630, during the founding times of our colonies and our country, a man named John Winthrop, who was a Puritan lawyer and a founding father of Massachusetts Bay Colony, said this. You may have heard politicians refer to this sometimes, but not all of it. It's called Dreams of a City on a Hill. And in 1630, he, this short discourse that he gave, he gave this exhortation of Moses that faithful servant of the Lord in his last farewell to Israel. And he takes his text from Deuteronomy 30. Here's what he said. Beloved, there is now set before us life and death, good and evil, and that we are commanded this day to love the Lord our God and to love one another and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his ordinances and his laws and the articles of our covenant with him that we may live and be multiplied. And that the Lord our God may bless us in the land whether we go to possess it. But, he says, if our heart shall turn away so that we will not obey, but shall be seduced and worship other gods, our pleasure and our profits and serve them, it is propounded unto this day we shall surely perish out of the good land whether we pass over this vast sea. To possess it. Therefore let us choose life. That we and our seed may live. By obeying his voice. And cleaving to him. For he is our life. And he is our prosperity. How many can say amen to that? Now. And so we had this warning. From the very foundation of, of, of our country. That as long as we observe God. And we do what is right. We do what is holy and good and just. As long as we do those things. Then we're going to be okay and we're going to walk in this land of great prosperity. But, but he said, in, in that speech that he gave, but he said, if, if we go against and if we are seduced by the gods, seduced and worship other gods, once we turn from the one God Almighty and begin worshiping other gods, then we lose our land. And that's where we're at in America today. If we don't turn from some of this craziness that's going on. If we don't turn from some of this wickedness that has possessed our land. And, and really since the 60s until now has come upon us. If we don't do that. Our America is only going to deteriorate and get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. There's several places I, I can go. But I want to sort of move the ball forward just a little bit. In Jeremiah eleven seventeen, when Israel was worshiping the false god Baal, they had in their lifetime or life in the promised land come into it with a great start that Moses had given them. Yet at Mount Sinai, when he received the Ten Commandments, they started making their own gods then. They were rebuked for it. Many people lost their lives for it. The plague came for it, and there was some repentance for it at that time. Later, however, in the book of Judges we saw, 
that a God was introduced in Judges 2 and verse 11. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Balaam is a plural of Baal. So Baal's not just one God, he's many gods. And they were worshiping the many gods of Balaam. It says in verse 12, they forsook the Lord their God of their fathers, which brought them out of Egypt and followed other gods. They did exactly what John Winthrop talked about in 1630 that America shouldn't do. They did it. Remember, they're God's chosen people. He loves them. They're called with a purpose and a calling. And yet this is what they did. And because of them doing that, the gods of the people, they were round about them, and they bowed themselves unto them, and they provoked the Lord God to anger. America needn't think that she will escape the anger of God. If God's chosen people through the father of faith, Abraham, provoke God and God judge him for it, America needn't think we can do the same thing and get away with it. It is not going to happen. Not going to happen. This Baal God that they begin to worship, a Phoenician deity that they're sort of introduced to when they come into the promised land. And it, it was a Baal God. It was one of those that had a... Uh, chief of the male deities. Uh, it was a farm god. He gave increase and gave fertility to the animals and the flocks, the herds. And he was represented sometimes by a cow, like a bull, like you see right there on top right here, like this sort of bull with horns right there. It is amazing that in New York City, at the end of Wall Street, that we're represented there by a bull. And we say today, when things are going good in the stock market, we're having a bull market. Bull, God of increase, God of prosperity. He's, he's the God of a lot of other things he talked about. He promised gain. He promised fruitfulness. But he was a jealous God. That, that when he was there, he wanted to be worshiping him and nobody else. And he was the God that was turning away people. He's called the God of turning away. That when you begin to worship Baal, you can't worship him unless you turn away from the God that you were worshiping prior. He would not allow any other things. There's other things in Scripture that we could look at. In 2 Kings 23, 13, the Message Bible said, The king proceeded to make a clean sweep of all the sects and religion shrines that had proliferated east of Jerusalem on the south slope of Abomination Hill, the one Solomon, king of Israel, had built to obscene Sinanian sex gods, Ashtaroth, to Chemosh, the dirty old God of the Moabites, and Milcom, the depraved God of the Ammonites. 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 13. When you see these gods emerge and come forth as they do, they always bring that component of sexualness with them. There are male sexual prostitutes that always surround them, and inside of the ungodly and wicked temples that we find through archaeology, through studying the Holy Land and ancient civilizations, when you see those gods there, you see other things that have been made, created, and images that are around them that I can't show you on the video. And, and, they, and they all reveal something about sexuality. It's a form of debasement. It's a form of destruction uh, of, of man and woman, of marriage, of those kind of things that is happening in the earth. And in Jeremiah eleven seventeen says, For the Lord of hosts that planted you hath pronounced evil against you. Why was Jeremiah telling Israel, The God that put you in the promised land has now got evil against you. Why? Why? Evil against you. For the evil of the house of Israel and the house of Judah, which they have done against himself, to provoke me to anger and offering incense to Baal. God said, You've made me angry. You've made me mad that now you're here and you're worshiping this fallen God, 
Baal. You're worshiping this false god. And now he has taken my place. And, and, and God tells him, you're going into captivity. It's going to cost you 70 years. And the Babylonians, your enemies, are going to rejoice over you and take you over and take you into captivity for the next 70 years. Nothing's going to change it. Nothing's going to happen. Many false prophets in Israel rose up that day and said, oh, no, it won't happen. We're God's promised people. We're God's loving people. No, God would never do this to us. But it happened. And God said those people were false prophets. There's plenty of people today that will tell you everything in the world is okay. It's fine. There's nothing wrong. My, you're making a big deal over nothing. I'll tell you what. Just let people be who they want to be, love who they want to love, act like they want to there's not a problem but there's a great problem in the land today and it's bringing destruction to our nation that we have loved and still love to this day still have let me tell you something do you remember the America I grew up in do you remember the America I grew up in sometimes we call it the good old days don't we the good old days oh that was in the good old days in the good old days in America and I just wrote down some ideas in my head we were against communism Everybody say amen. amen. And socialism. Everybody say amen. amen. We were flat out against both of those. Now, we, we have sort of, you know, there's a bill before the California Congress right now that says they want to give a living wage to all transvestites because of the persecution they have faced. And they want them to make at least $1,500 a month that will be given to them by the government just because they are transsexual. That's, that's one form of socialism. It's there. You look it up for yourself. This stuff is sneaking in, crawling in, and some of it is wide open. Everybody can see. It's some of the weirdest stuff you've ever seen. Newspapers in, in, in my day published for free sermons by local pastors. You didn't have to buy an ad in the paper. Well, they would usually take out maybe, you know, First Pres or First Baptist or the Methodist Church or the, maybe sometime the Pentecostal Church, whatever, in the community. And, Pat, this is your week to get your free sermon in the newspapers. TV stations gave local churches free time on Sundays. Remember on Sunday mornings? I always hated Sunday mornings growing up as a sinner. Because when I wake up, all I could find was preaching. Right? Now, what was it? In our area of the woods back in those days, Channel 4, Channel 7, Channel 13. And they would all have the local preachers of some variety of, you know, some stripe, whatever it might be, in the community, and they'd all be preaching on Sunday. And, that, and that, that's fine. We don't do that anymore. No, 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 no. You're not going to be doing that anymore. Movies were decent, and they upheld moral standards. You go back and look at some of them. You know, it was in November 1st, 1968, after the things happened, and I'm going to show you where some stuff happened in the 60s. But in 1968, they came out that rating of G, P, G, R, and X. But you didn't have it before then. Why? Didn't need it. People knew to make clean, holy. Not, not, I'm not trying to say church holiness, but clean and good movies. They knew to make it. Nothing else is going to sell. They're running you out of town. Tar and feather, you can get rid of you. You didn't need that rating then. It only came out in 1968. Television was clean. You ever wonder why Ricky and Lucy Ricardo always had twin beds? <laughs> well, they never slept in the same bed, did they? Who else did? Well, uh, Dick Van Dyke and, and his wife, whoever she was, Laura. They had twin beds too, didn't they? Um, they, they Fred Sanford slept by himself, didn't he? But anyway, <laughs> Ricky and, and, and Lucy slept twin. And at night when television signed off, remember sign off? 11.30 or midnight at night? You'd be watching, da-da-da-da-da-da. Remember that? 
and you hear the national anthem being played. You see that flag waving. See those jets flying through the air of America's greatness. No more. No more. Sometimes there'd even be a short sermon. Kind of sermonettes. Five or ten minutes. Uh, again, a local pastor in the community. There was no cussing on television in, in, in those days. It began to creep in afterwards. You know what? Children used to pray in public schools, didn't they? Children prayed in public schools. Children read the Bible in public schools. You could come around Christmas time, as we're closely in Thanksgiving, manger scenes in school at Christmas time. Can you imagine that? Jesus in a manger in a school classroom. That's the America I grew up in. If, if you look and you remember Easter holidays, religious celebrations. It was, it was the time of, of Christ's resurrection from the dead. We celebrated in school. We drew pictures of crosses. We colored them, and we hand them in. No more. No more. There were no gays or trans books in the libraries. No gays or trans books. You couldn't, today, you can go in public school libraries now, and you can get some of the most ungodly filth you've ever seen in your life. Instructional filth that teaches you how to go some of these directions. I remember on this, on this thing on uh, books in a library. I don't know why I did. I wasn't saved, but I had a moral understanding. And besides that, I guess I just always want to cause her in trouble. But anyway, I remember being in the eighth grade of school. And the teacher, she's a wonderful teacher, her name was Mrs. Miracle. I loved her. Loved her a lot. She paddled me a number of times. I really loved her. But anyway, her name was Miss, Miss Miracle. And uh, we had a literature, eighth grade literature, and we had to read something. So I'm sitting there. I'm on the second row of desk. And about in the middle there, and I've got this book. It's, everybody reads silently, read this book. So while I'm reading that book, I come across some language in that book that is just filthy and ungodly. I take the book and I slam it like that shut. Take my left hand and toss it out the window. We're two stories up now. And I toss it out the window. It goes out the window, goes down the side of the building, and goes inside of, of the coal chute at the bottom of the building. And she says to me, Leon, what has come over you? Another one of the things come over me. What has come over you? I said, this book's got cussing in it. Did you know that? She said, well, it's just literature. Some people talk like that. We don't have to talk like that, but you need to be exposed to it. And I said, well, I'm going to let the people downstairs in the cold room get exposed to it because I'm not reading this. And she said, well, if you don't, I'm going to send you to the principal. I said, let's go. And so we went to the principal. And the principal said, what's wrong, Leon? I knew the principal. He's a, he's a nice guy. He had paddled me several times too, but he was a good guy. And uh, I talked to him. I said, look, I'm not reading that trash. I'm not going to do it. Just not. Yeah, why don't y'all get better books than that? Nobody ought to be reading it. He said, well, let's just sign you something else to read. I said, that'll work. And he signed me something else to read. And I read something else. And that was a little thing back then. But now, you can go into the public libraries and, and you can find books that have pictures and illustrations of how to do things you would not believe. In the world that you know, that's not the world that I grew up in. In the world I grew up in, Ten Commandments were posted in every school. You shall not, you, sh you know, Ten Commandments, they were there. They were even in our courthouses in our land. We're expected to receive justice. Cheerleaders wore modest clothing. Today, do they wear clothing? But then they wore modest clothing. Remember some of those? Oh, anyway. my sister was a majorette in the marching band. But in those days, cheerleaders wore modest clothing. Swimsuits actually covered most of the body in those days. As a young man, sinful in those days, something I guess I regretted in those days. But anyway, that was there. People looked differently. In the day that I grew up in, 
Now, look, my wife wears pants. But in the day I grew up in, no. Men wore pants and women wore dresses. Does anybody remember those days? And the man was what? He wore the pants in the family, right? He wore the pants. Oh, A.J. likes that part. All right, anyway. He wore the pants in the family. In 1954, One Nation Under God was added to the Pledge of Allegiance. In that time that I grew up in, Blue Laws in South Carolina, you didn't open on Sundays. You're not going to open no business on Sundays. No. Mm -mm. We're going to run the emergency services, but other, you're not opening on Sundays. No, you're supposed to be going to church on Sundays. You're not opening on Sundays. People went to church. On Sundays, we had the Blue Laws. There was no alcohol sale. When I played the band, you know, Sunday was naturally a day off because nobody's selling nothing. Uh, if they went selling something to drink at a club or something, you sure didn't make any money playing as a band. And so you wanted to go to those clubs, nightclubs that served mixed drinks. If they just served beer, you know, you didn't make as much as you did when they served mixed drinks. But anyway, those kind of things were happening, but not on Sundays. No alcohol sales. No sports on Sunday. No movies or fishing on Sunday. Can you imagine you, you didn't go to Hollywood 20 or, or Simpsonville Gradscape 14? You didn't go there on Sundays. We closed. We closed, y'all. Everybody say, we closed. It's Sunday. Where are you supposed to be on Sunday? Let's go to church. We closed on all of those days. And the thing is, is, is these gods come into this nation of America and they transform it from that that we one time knew to what it is and is becoming now. That's something we'll pick up and take up next week when we come back together. We'll see that and we'll begin to see God's answers and God's solutions. May God have mercy on our souls. Somebody say amen. amen. Stand with me this morning. Let's go before the Lord in prayer and ask God's blessing on us today. In Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we just come before you, Lord, recognizing the circumstances, the situation, the world that we live in. Lord, you said that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Let each of us, Lord, make our decisions, Lord, to walk righteous before you. And Lord God, allow these things, Lord God, to have no power over us. And that we would give them no power. And Father God, that we would cling to the old rugged cross. That we would cling to the word of God. And Father, that daily, Lord God, we would keep our relationship with you up to date. Loving you. Caring for you. Walking in all the ways of the Lord. Stretch your hands toward heaven. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. If there's anything in my heart or my life that's not like Jesus, take it away. Wash me clean with your blood. Purge me of all sin and all unrighteousness. Lord God, I covenant with you to walk before you in honesty and in truth and in the power of the Spirit of God, led and directed by your word. Lord God, I love you. I am your child. And in Jesus' name, I, we are more than enough for the battle that sits before us. In the name of Jesus, we can do all things that you'll give us the strength to do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Recognizing the devil is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. 
please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross. And you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him. Jesus, I confess you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you.